Hello and welcome once again to the Perimeter Church Podcast. Christmas has passed and another year is nearly done. As we prepare for the new year, will we hear Wisdom's Call? Teaching team member Caleb Click brings us this sermon entitled Wisdom's Call, which covers Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20 to 33. For more information and to watch or hear other sermons, please visit our website at perimeter.org. Thank you for joining us today. Amen. Well, good morning. It's already been a little bit of a weird Sunday morning, I know, with our Choose Your Own Adventure worship. But as you can tell, you're about to get thrown another curveball. Um, my voice is not functioning properly. Um, earlier this week, it decided to uh, disappear. And I did what all of us would do right now in COVID land. I went and got tested. It was negative. Um, they did the one where they jammed it all the way back into my brain cavity. But uh, I have no symptoms but this. So you're going to get to hear what I sounded like in middle school. It's a unique privilege. It's going to crack. Um, there may be some moments where uh, I have to swallow really hard. And so I'm just, I'm sorry. Uh, but thankfully, uh, my voice may not be strong, but God's word still is. And that's where we get to turn this morning. So let's open up our Bibles to Proverbs chapter one. We'll be looking at verse 20. And you know, this is a book. This is a book I have fallen in love with uh, in recent months. And that wasn't always true. Uh, When I was a kid, uh, my dad uh, adored this book for me. Uh, He was very pointed in making sure that I spent a copious amount of time reading through the book of Proverbs. Um, He gave me multiple colored highlighters. I had to search out who's the simple, who's the wise, who's the fool. And I had to differentiate them all. He made me memorize passages from the Proverbs. And I resented every single second of it because I understood. I mean, I wasn't the smartest, but I understood the implication. My dad was saying, Caleb, you're a fool and you need to be made wise. (laughs) And like most kids, that wasn't something I believed. I thought I was the wise one and my dad the fool. Well, as so often happens, uh, God spent some time disabusing me of that notion. And as time passed, I began to realize that, you know, actually my dad was right. I am a fool. I'm not somebody who naturally possesses wisdom. I'm someone who needs training in wisdom. The wise man is not the one who thinks they're wise. The wise man, according to Proverbs, it's the one who knows they're a fool. And so they come to God for wisdom. Proverbs 1 says every single one of us needs that instruction. And the way that we respond to that call, to that training, it has greater implications than we could possibly comprehend. Read with me here in verse 20. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the market, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you because I have called and you refuse to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded. 
because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you, when terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. Then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel, despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple, the simple are killed by their turning away and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. This is God's holy and inspired word. Let's pray. Father, we come. Lord, we come with the weaknesses that we know and the ones that we don't. And we ask, Lord, would you give us what only you can? Would you give us ears to hear and eyes to see? Would you give us hearts hearts that actually long for the wisdom that only you offer, that you give to us in your son, Jesus Christ. And would you do this now in his precious name? Amen. These past few years, uh, it seems as though every few months, there's some new weather event that's popped up in our news. I mean, every couple months, you find one of us up here praying the pastoral prayer, and we're grieving with people who have suffered loss because of a hurricane or a tornado or an earthquake or something else, some natural disaster that's outside of our control. And these stories, when you hear them, they're always tragedies, aren't they? You know, I think of 2019, when Hurricane Dorian hit the Bahamas, my brother-in-law his best friend and his family, they were living in the Bahamas and they lost everything. They managed to escape right before the hurricane came, but they lost their home, they lost their livelihoods, they lost their community. And three years later, they still haven't been able to go back. I think of the families just a couple weeks ago in Kentucky and Arkansas and multiple other states who had a tornado tear through their cities and turn their lives upside down. We hear those stories and we know in our hearts that everything we hear, these are tragedies. But during those same storms, there are also stories of another kind, aren't there? Of stories that are still tragedies, but not, not quite of the same kind. Of people who had plenty of warning and who had every means of escape, and yet for one reason or another did nothing. Of people who heard that a hurricane was coming and decided that instead of fleeing, now was the time to try to surf the waves because they were better. Of people who heard of the storm that was coming, who heard the weather report saying, now's the time to evacuate, who heard the government officials say, it's time to leave, you need to get out, and thought, you know, I think I know better than they do. And what I'm gonna do is lay down in my bed and go to sleep and wake up in the morning and everything will be fine. Everyone else is scared, but I'm not. Of people who heard the reports, who even believed them, were scared of what was coming. 
but who for one reason or another just could not make up their minds as to what they were going to do, and so they stayed. And here's the thing. With each one of those stories, in the end, it didn't matter why they stayed. It just mattered that they did. Because when the storm came, the storm, the storm did what storms always do. It destroyed. It didn't care if you were there because of obstinacy. It didn't care if you were there because of foolishness. It didn't care if you were there just because you were confused. The storm came and the storm destroyed. And when we hear those stories, we recognize there's something different there, isn't there? These, these are the fruit of folly of people who had every means of escape and yet for one reason or another chose to do nothing. Proverbs 1, Proverbs 1 says there's an even greater storm coming. And not just for certain people at a certain time in a certain place, but for all people in all times. One that none of us are going to escape and all of us are going to face. And it says if we, if we are not aware, if we are not prepared, then disaster is what is going to result. And this text, it comes to us, it's wisdom literature, it is telling you things to do, how to live well in the midst of this world. But in this particular passage, it has apocalyptic urgency, doesn't it? Wisdom appears as a woman who is running through the streets of a city and shouting and calling and crying to be heard, who is telling us that if we do not hear her, if we don't pay attention, then disaster is what's gonna unfold. That there is a storm coming, but there is a refuge ultimately only in one. The wisdom of God in human flesh, Christ Jesus, the Son. Because ultimately that's who's speaking in this text. Wisdom incarnate is speaking through the lips of wisdom personified and saying to everyone who will listen, there is a storm coming, but there is refuge in me if only you will heed and obey my voice. Wisdom comes and wisdom makes a demand. Look at verses 20 to 21. Wisdom cries aloud in the street, in the market she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates she speaks. Wisdom shows up and she makes very plain. She's not going to be ignored. Wisdom wants our attention. Wisdom wants us to listen to her. She demands we listen to her. And you see this in two ways. First, wisdom claims everything. I mean, notice where she's standing. She's in the streets. She's in the markets. She's at the city gate. She's not hiding away in some dark corner waiting for you to try to find her. Wisdom is smack dab in the middle of everything and saying all of this, every bit of it, it belongs to me. The wisdom of God, it's not wisdom that's for certain places and certain times, but then not for others. The wisdom of God, it is wisdom that applies just as much to our work life as it does to our home life. Just as much to our political life as it does to our religious life. Just as much to our financial life as it does to our life in the home. 
Wisdom claims everything because everything belongs to God. And the one who made this world, he is the one who is laying claim to all of it and saying, all of it belongs to me. I'm the one who knows how it's supposed to run. Listen. But wisdom goes further. She doesn't just claim everything. She calls everyone. I mean, notice again in this text, if you lack wisdom, it's not because wisdom was hard to find. Where is wisdom? She's in the city streets, smack dab in the middle of everything. And what is wisdom doing? She's screaming, crying, calling to us. You know, we have this weird idea of wisdom in our culture. Uh, that wisdom is this thing that you have to go and seek. It's this sort of vapor that you're constantly trying to grab hold of. This difficult, elusive, far-off thing that has to be sought after and grabbed hold of. You have to eat, pray, and love to find it, according to the uh, Julia Roberts movie. It's something you have to look within to discover or go find some guru on top of a snow-capped mountain who gives you fortune cookie wisdom that you have to decipher on your own. You know, that, that's a view of wisdom. That's not Proverbs' view of wisdom. Proverbs, to use the metaphor of this text, says wisdom is not that kind of a woman. She's the kind who screams at you and does not let you ignore her. You know, to give a negative example, I'm sure most of you have encountered what we encountered all the time when I was in college in Athens, these uh, street preachers we used to call the sign people. And the sign people would show up at every major event at the University of Georgia. They would plant themselves somewhere central, somewhere in the middle of everything, and they'd put on these signs that would list off very specific sins and the very specific outcome they thought was going to come to you. And then they would just begin to shout. <clears throat> if you shouted back, they would pull out a megaphone and shout even louder. If you expressed your displeasure, they would express their displeasure with you. And if, as an introvert, I often tried to do, you just tried to sidle by and like cover your face, they would call you out by the color of your shirt. They would point to some, something written on your hat or something you were doing, like my roommate who was holding hands with his girlfriend. And they would make sure that if you ignored them, you had to work at it. Uh, hearing them was never the hard part. Ignoring them was. It took an act of will. You had to willfully, purposefully fight not to pay attention to what they were saying. In a positive sense, well, that's a negative sense. In a positive sense, that's the wisdom we see in Jesus Christ. The wisdom we see in Jesus Christ, it is not elusive wisdom. It is wisdom that stalks us around every corner, that screams over the crowded den of our lives and says every single bit of this, it belongs to me. It is the voice, not of one who, like those preachers, I think so often were just using people as a means of proving their own worth. Instead, it's the voice of one, not proud, but humble. One whose heart is so tender that he entered into this world to save sinners, whose love is made known to us in this. He gave his life to save us when there was nothing good in us. 
The voice that claims everything, the voice that calls everyone, it is the voice of love saying, if you will only come, I would make you whole. And that voice, it comes, Proverbs says, with a warning. Verse 22, how long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools, and fools hate knowledge? I mean, you can hear the echo of the Psalms in that phrase. I mean, how many times does the psalmist lift up prayers to God and say, God, how much longer will I suffer like this? How long, O Lord, will you let me endure this trial, this sickness, this danger? When will you bring it to an end? Wisdom in Proverbs comes to us with the same passion and fervency and says, how long? How long will we despise instruction? How long will we ignore the voice of the one who would give us life? And she addresses three distinct groups with the aim of reaching just one. You have the scoffer and the fool, who are the worst of the bunch. They're people that, in the book of Proverbs, are portrayed as almost impossible to reach. They're hard-hearted and obstinate and rebellious. And then there's this third group that on the surface doesn't seem quite as bad. The simple. And these are just people who, like me, like you, like so many of us, they just don't like change. They want to just keep going the way things are. To change would require too much. It's easier just to keep going with the flow. But while Proverbs portrays the first two is worse. What Proverbs 1 tells us is that in the end, when the storm comes, the outcome's the same. Obstinacy and complacency are just two means to the same end. Because you either love wisdom or you don't. Wisdom, wisdom says, here's my offer. He says, if you will turn, verse 23, at my reproof, if you'll just hear me, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. We need to hear that for what it is. That's the gospel. It's Jesus saying you have nothing, and yet I would give you everything. If only you would hear my voice. I know that you're weak. I would make you strong. I would pour out my spirit upon you. I know that you are fools. I would make you wise. I will make my words known to you. I would take those who are dead and make them alive. I would take those who have rebelled against me, sinned against me, ignored me, and I would give them the life they so desperately need through the forgiveness of sins. I would give you all of these things if only you would listen. And yet here is where the danger shows itself. So often we hear that call with all of its urgency. But we are so caught up in the busyness of life, it just slips right past us. 
We roll out of bed. We start our coffee machines. We drink our first cup. We put on our clothes. We go about our days. And we just putter along. Day after day after day after day, always thinking, well, I'll get to that tomorrow. Until one day the day comes when there is no more time left. Jesus, Jesus says, don't let the busyness of the moment make you lose sight of the thing that is most important. Don't let the busyness of this moment not let you be decisive about the things that ultimately matter. Because God, as it says in John 3, he so loved the world he gave his only son that whoever believes in him might not perish but have everlasting life. But notice the condition. Whoever believes. Verse 23, if only you will turn There is this present offer, but there is, Jesus says, a looming danger. You hear it in the verses that follow, and I just want us to listen to this text just for a moment and let it sink in what Jesus is saying. Because I've called you, and you refuse to listen. I've stretched out my hand, and no one has heeded, because you've ignored all my counsel and have none of my reproof. I also will mock. I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you. Then they will call upon me, but I I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel, despised my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and have their fill of their own desires. We will have exactly what it is that we wanted. You know, this is in some ways just common sense wisdom. If you ignore the empty sign in your car when it begins to light up and ding at you, and you just keep driving, eventually you're going to run out of gas. If the check engine light comes on and you ignore it, like I have done a couple times because I'm an idiot, your car will stop working. If you have all the yellow flags that your mental health is failing, that something's going wrong inside, and you just keep going, I'll get to it tomorrow, I'll get to it tomorrow, there's going to come a day, as I've discovered myself, when the burden will be too great for you to bear. If we don't pay attention to the way that we are raising our children. There's going to be a moment when we will blink and that little toddler will become an 18-year-old who's walking out the door. And the opportunity we had, it will be, for a large degree, it will be gone. If we don't deal with those sins, those treasured sins, that every single one of us has, that so often instead of fighting, we just let them sit there and fester. Proverbs 1, it warns of a day when those sins, they will grow stronger. And there may be a day when the consequences of them, they are greater than we think we can bear. Jesus, Jesus is warning us of something even greater still. 
It's one of the most frightening verses in the Bible. Look at what he says in verse 28. He says, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Jesus Jesus says, there's a day when I'm going to stop calling. There's a day when that hand that is knocking on the door of your heart, it is going to stop its knocking and the echo is going to fade. And the reason will be simply this. We despised instruction. We did not seek him diligently when the time was there. We had none of his counsel. We despised his reproof. This text says all of this will come upon us for this one very simple reason. (coughs) Excuse me, it's my voice. We thought we were wise and God was a fool. And it forces us to face this uncomfortable truth. We are not wise and worthy people. We are foolish and needy ones. And God in this text, Jesus the tender savior that he is, Jesus would give us the gift of sobriety so that a world drunk on its wisdom would finally wake up. It's the kindness of God calling us to repentance. Jesus is saying, I want you to hear wisdom's demand and to hear wisdom's warning because ultimately I want you to know, to receive, to experience wisdom's gift For the simple, verse 32, are killed by their turning away. And the complacency of fools destroys them. But here's the best part. But whoever, whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. God's wisdom in human flesh says through the lips of wisdom personified, if you will only listen, no matter who you are, no matter what you have done, whoever, notice the language, whoever you may be, if you listen, then the storm will not claim you. The rain will not wash you away. The wind will not topple you because there is in me refuge for fools who would weather the storm. If only, if only we would lay down our pride. If only we would acknowledge that we are fools in need of the wisdom that only God can provide. In Matthew 7, Jesus puts it this way. He says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the wind blew and they beat on that house, but it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. I was reading through some of the reports that were coming out in the aftermath of the tornadoes a few weeks ago. There was a story about a family in Bowling Green that caught my attention. Uh, their, Their neighborhood had been devastated Everything had been destroyed. Houses had been lifted off their foundations. People had seen loved ones literally just sucked away. And on the night that that tornado came, 
This particular family, they could hear the screams, they could hear the wind howling, they could see trees literally flying through windows, and they knew that that tornado, it was coming towards their house, and it was only a matter of time. And so they huddled in their living room, and they did the only thing they knew to do. A husband, his wife, their two-year-old son, and their infant child pulled a blanket over themselves, and they just huddled there because at least they had the illusion of comfort and of safety and of shelter under that blanket. And the wife looked at her husband in that moment, hearing the wind and the screams. And she looked at her husband and she whispered over the heads of their children, are we going to die? And her husband whispered back the only answer that he could give. I don't know. If that tornado... If that tornado had not swerved at the last minute, then the answer to that question, it wouldn't have been, I don't know, it would have been probably, yeah. What Jesus is offering us here is not an I don't know. It's the voice of the one through whom the heavens and earth were made. It's the voice of the one who is not a man that he should lie, who always speaks the truth. It's the voice of the one who is faithful even when we are faithless. The one who claims everything and who calls everyone, even you, and says, I have the refuge you so desperately seek. Because I am not only the one who rules the wind and the waves, I'm the one who has endured the storm in your place for your sins so that you would never have to. I'm the one who has conquered death itself and I am the one who even now sits at the Father's right hand interceding for you. I am the one who says where I am, there you will be also. I am your shelter. In me, there is peace of conscience. In me, there is peace of mind. In me, there is certainty of a future of an inheritance that we don't deserve, but Jesus did and Jesus freely gives. And Jesus, he doesn't care if you're five or if you're 80. He doesn't care if you followed him for years like Peter or if you were like the thief on the cross and you knew him for five minutes. The shelter he offers it is there and it is yours in full if only you would come. Jesus... Jesus says there's grace for fools, just like me. But if we don't listen, then Proverbs 1 says, I can tell you what's going to happen. The storm is going to come. And when that moment comes, it will be too late. It says, don't delay any longer. Instead, Hear the cry of the one whose nail-scarred hands offers grace even to you and me. The one whose wisdom stands firm in the midst of a world whose wisdom sinks like sand. The one who says, I am the rock. Cast yourself on me. Let's do that now. Father, you've given us one in Christ who is a sufficient savior for all our sins. 
who is the shelter from every storm, one who is able to make fools wise and sinners safe, one you sent for the very purpose of bringing us into your family, that we would know the true security that is found in your arms. And so Lord, we ask this morning, would you work in this place? Would you take us wherever, Lord, we are resisting that call, wherever, Lord, even in small ways, we are saying we know better, we are wise, and you are a fool. Lord, would you bring us to repentance? Would you make us those who can acknowledge our foolishness and who know your goodness and your mercy and your kindness, and would you claim us in full? And we pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. You've been listening to the Perimeter Church Sermon Podcast. Perimeter Church is located at the corner of Highway 141 and Old Alabama Road in Johns Creek, Georgia. Please visit our website at www.perimeter.org for more information, to give us your feedback, and to find other sermons from our teaching team. Thanks for making this podcast a part of your day.